Welcome to the Spike Feed, your leading Magic the Gathering podcast. What is happening? My name is Curtis. I am just your typical Spike. On the line with me, my good buddy Dustin. Dustin, how are you, sir? I am doing good, except for the fact that I've seen where the prices of Born of the Gods are going. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know that we'll have to spend much time covering that today, but it's definitely something we're talking about. Also on the line with us is our producer, Cameron. How are you, sir? In a fugue state from, what, 17 hours of magic this weekend? So, wow. A good weekend. And uh, I, I don't know how many of our listeners know what a fugue state is, but good job there, Cameron, mixing in your <laughs> ivory tower highbrow humor. Good Sorry, job. Um, hey, so we have the, like, a, a mind-numbingly huge show. I know I say that every week, but this week feels particularly um, large in scale and scope, if you will. Is it just every week you feel more overwhelmed? I do. I do. Um, but this week is crazy. So we have the pre-release, which will be news within of itself, right? We talk about the new set and all those things. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. then, uh, you know, we held off recording for a day to wait for the band restriction, band and restricted list. And boy, that didn't disappoint either. Big changes are <laughs> afoot for modern. Uh, so first, let's just kick it into our week. We haven't really talked much about each other's pre-release experiences. We didn't go together in any way. So Dustin, let's start with you, buddy. Um, did you pre-release this weekend? I did trades at the pre-release, and uh, everybody, and I swear, this is like 85% of the people in the room and people that I talked to prior to being there, everybody was looking for three to four Brumas, and that is the card. Um, some of the other uh, god cards they've released, people are asking for one or two of, probably EDH, maybe for standard decks, mm -hmm. but other than that, like nobody is asking for any of the regular rares. Um, well, aside from maybe one or two temples here and there for color combinations, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So do you, do you have cases on the way and you're concerned about them or what? Well, yeah, I'm getting to the point where it's like, maybe I should stop buying the cases when it first comes out. I mean, it used to be great to, you know, have cases where the stuff to start trading day one, but it's just, there's so many retailers on eBay and other, uh, uh, mediums now that are pre-selling these cards and they are so cutthroat at how they undercut each other and so on and I think uh, printing on these newer sets is just up so it's getting kind of flooded mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm thinking my money can go better elsewhere maybe like investing in more dual lands since they keep going up or just speculation in general right like there's something to be said for picking your spots holding on to a lot of a card right um you know, the guys on, I don't know if you um, listen to it very often, Dustin, but the, the guys on Brainstorm Brewery spend a lot of time talking about what cards to pick up for cash, what cards to trade for, and what cards to hold on to. Okay. You know, and that, that might be the direction you want to head versus buying cases at low values, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, Cameron, you pre-released. First of all, you impromptu bought a standard deck because you just couldn't take it anymore, right? Yeah, so <laughs> I had, like... A lot of just cards sitting around, and I definitely wanted to play some standard. By a lot and... of cards, you mean two Sacred Foundries. <laughs> that was it. That's it. And I just spot <laughs> about everything else. No, I mean, I had, I, I went uh, Boros, a big Boros, red, white deck, kind of a devotion thing. Mm -hmm. um, and this was thing was just totally a brew. I had my young Pyromancers. I had like a, like a Chandra's Phoenix. I had some cards in there. I went to the shop and picked up a couple other ones that I was looking for. Um... But ended up going 3-2 uh, with a brew, which I was really impressed with, and uh, ended up taking away a couple prize packs, which was 
un, unheard of for a brew for me, which was pretty awesome. I mean, so maybe the good. deck is just that good, too. You know what I mean? Like, you, you were looking at the Star City shell, and maybe that's just the kind of deck you want to be playing, right? That, that's true. I think it is. In fact, uh, when we're in St. Louis, this is probably the deck that I want to play with, especially uh, with some of the newer cards that have come out with Born of the Gods. So, yeah. Okay, so then out. you moved on to pre-release, and how did that go? Worse? Yeah, uh, yeah I got curb stomped. We'll just put it that way. So, <laughs> I... Uh, uh, Went one and th- uh, one and three dropped after that. I was just sick of it. It's like you know what? It's two thirty in the morning. I'm done. <laughs> so I went to bed, and the next morning, as a glutton for punishment, went back for the uh, the noon pre release that they had a second one, the shop, mm-hmm. and did that and uh, did the exact same thing with just a different color combination, and went one and three. So. Uh, Sealed is definitely not my strong suit when it comes to playing with cards. Uh, but I did get some interesting cards. Um, a lot of good Theros stuff. Um, stuff that I've been looking for for my own kind of personal deck and, and other things. Um, some stuff that I'm trading back <clears throat> to Dustin. And uh, yeah, I mean, Dustin, you're right on the money. Everybody's wanting them wild in the coddle. Not wild. What is it called? The um, <laughs> You mean Bramaz? Spoiler. The, the Bramaz. Uh, the other cat, man. <laughs> yeah, the other cat, yeah. The cat team. Uh, the Bramaz. Everybody was want that. And I right. don't know about you guys, but everybody was choosing green, like for their color or their whatever choice for a box. Um, everybody was going green, hmm. um, which I thought was kind of interesting. I don't know if Monsters was huge or if like the promo card was what they were going after for that or what well i think green is kind of the most straightforward good color in theros initially and the promo card that came with green was the fighting hydra which is you know a good limited card um so you know i think that was kind of the direction they were going uh so unlike you cameron i was not a glutton for punishment i waited till sunday to play right my (laughs) professional schedule has been like just a bear lately so I went to the married guy flight at 10 a.m. <laughs> on Sunday, and um, it was. Here's the thing with Born of the Gods. I know a lot of people are down on this set, and I am not. Same with Theros. I think it's fine. I don't think it's a great limited set. Mm-hmm. You know, not to not to go too far down the rabbit hole, but the, the, there's a saying in the the TV show Scrubs where I don't like it, I don't hate it, I nothing it. That's mm-hmm. kind of how I feel about Theros Limited, right? <laughs> Fair enough. It's kind of unremarkable, but it's fine. Um, you know, I show up, and I don't really know the set that well. I I, I don't know what it is, but in, with limited resources, their four-and-a-half-hour show, I fall asleep to it. I'll put <laughs> it on the night before I know I'm going to the pre-release. I think I learn it through osmosis or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, but when you don't know what you're doing, uh, you pick green or white. And so I was like, give me a white box, sir. <laughs> um, so, and, so, you know, just the off chance I open up Ramaz or whatever. So um, I go 3-1. And like most spikes, the one loss is sticking in my head way more than any of the wins. No kidding. Karma came back and got me. I lost to a guy that brewed up a satyr fire dancer <laughs> brew with his sealed pool. It's a great nice. card, dude. It's a great yeah, card. And he he, you know, was just like going to my dome and he had the Seder Fire Dancer on the board all three games. Okay. Right. <laughs> right. Uh. 
And uh, he would he would go to the, my dome, and so then the game ended, and then afterwards he's like, you know what I love about this Seder Fire Dancer? And I had to hear this post-game informative speech where he's like, you know, I can go to your dome, but then I get to kill your creature. So then I put in another burn spell, and then I went to your dome, and then I killed your creature. Wow. Is that Whoa. how that works? Yeah. Oh, anyway... Awesome. Here's what's interesting on the financial front, Dustin, and you and I talked about this. So our store owner gives out door prizes every round, mm-hmm. and I never have won a door prize. I don't know how many times I've pre-released there, and I got a fat pack of Dragon's Maze, right. and I was like, nice. oh, yeah, it's like fr- nine free packs or something crazy. Little booklet, dice, box, you know. You get yeah, some I got stuff all that stuff. Yeah. Little did I know the dice would be the most valuable thing in said box. <laughs> right? <laughs> And being at $2, man, that, that's, that's pushing it. Oh, my gosh. The, no, here's the thing, because Dragon's Maze, it's, like, so mind-blowing because of, you know, the financial state of things. We're going to talk about this later. Things are, like, exploding in value. I open Sire of Insanity. I open uh, Rurik Thar, Advent of the Worm. And I'm like, you Don't know, these are great rolls. cards. These are good Magic the Gathering cards worth, like, 50 cents each. Advent right. of the Worm's worth, like, two bucks. Awesome. Right. Well, the thing I find funny is they always say that fat packs have a better uh, chance for mythics, right? <laughs> Not yours. Not mine. Not mine. And, and like, I just, I hate that Dragon's Maze has this perception that it's a bad set because it's really cool, right? And a ton of these cards right. are going to go into my cube. But eh, whatever. So <laughs> I get these four prize packs, no kidding. Two of the packs open. One is a Kiora, one's a Bramaz. Boom. Right. Pre-release paid for, and I yeah. jet. I'm right. out of there. But uh, yeah, Theros, Born of the Gods, it's good. I, I I don't have much more limited analysis to give it than that. It's good, but not fantastic. I kind of hate how bad the removal is. That's me. Yeah, I'm waiting to you see know? what happens after Pro Tour, uh, Born of the Gods. You know, you do know it's modern, right? It's oh, not standard. Is it really? They're not. <sighs> So basically, none of the none of these cards are just gonna like shoot up the day after. It'll be Star City events that cause the decks to kind All of. Right. And, and right. if Times taught us anything, Star City is like these steady evolutions of decks, not like oh man, there's very rarely a breakout deck, right? Mm-hmm. You know, compared to a Pro Tour. So, um, any any last thoughts on the pre-release before we cut to break? No, but can I jump in here with something that refers to what we talked about episodes past? Sure. Okay. So, episodes past, we talked Suntail about. Um, no, it's not Suntel Hog. We talked about how there was the VIP things at some of these GPs, and that gave you incentives. And when we were talking about the one in Kentucky, how you got a limited edition version of that playmat, right? Stuff like mm-hmm. that, right? Right. Well, I was looking at Grand Prix Phoenix, and unless I'm just 100% wrong here, the way that this reads is. Grand Prix Phoenix VIP players, last chance Grand Prix trial players, and select side event winners will receive the limited edition Brimaz playmat, right? And if right. you look at registration and everything, the normal registration does not mention anything about a playmat. It is only it says guaranteed exclusive Grand Prix Ultra Pro playmat to VIP registration. So it's like you you only get it if you're VIP now? I mean, that to me is just, like, so freaking annoying, right? I mean, where's the value for even, like, traveling that far? And it's, you know, it's Brumaz. Everybody wants it, right? And it's going to be such yeah. a limited playmat. Dude, I think they're going to cater more and more to the traveling vacation or magic player, not the trader, <laughs> you know? And I know 
No, I understand that. That's for you but, because but, you're the guy that travels to everything. Well, well, even for people that want to play and travel, they're still paying for airfare or gas for their car, one of the two. They're paying for hotel. They still got to pay to get into the event and, you know, incidentals, food, and all this other stuff. $40 to get in was reasonable, but VIP is $100 to get in. I mean, adding an additional 60 on this trip really adds up, you know? We're not all rich. So I think the answer here pretty clearly is a Brahma's plushie. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Right? Right? That'll never happen. All right, let's Yeah. Let's cut to break. We'll come back. We're going to talk band restricted list. And welcome back. So, modern. Some cards got banned, some cards got unbanned. Wow. Huge changes <laughs> to the format. I mean, there's just no other way to say it. Um and Dustin, you're kind of the financial expert. Cameron, I know you're just kind of getting into modern, so this is all a little bit new to you. Yeah. Uh, before we talk about this, Cameron, how familiar were you with Wild Nicotle and Bitter Blossom? Before? I've heard of Bitter Blossom before. Um, it's always been in talk. Wild Nicotle, I have no idea, except when I just pull it out of my brain when I'm trying to think of other cat creatures. <laughs> so dude yeah. you're kind of racist like all the cat creatures look the same to you right? apparently That's they do true. it's true yeah terrible dude, maybe if he was a furry yourself. he would understand how to tell this better right yeah it's true yeah. i mean one's a king one's just wild come on yeah right yeah yeah let's let's spend some time talking about cat creature lore and magic and not talk about the, <laughs> the band restricted <laughs> list you know so, Dustin, some interesting things have happened on the financial side. So let's first just kind of lay it out for the one or two listeners of us that don't know. Right. Death Rite Shaman got banned. Mm-hmm. Bitter Blossom and Wild Nikado got unbanned. Okay. Correct. So financially, uh, I think maybe the, the card to talk about is Bitter Blossom, right? Right now, yeah. What's it at? Uh, so would you say Star City was rolling them at like 60 out of stock right now? Right. And when we last recorded, I said... It had, quote, spiked at 35. Right, and they were out of stock for a while. Um, let's see here. Actually, no, they're 50 out of stock on Star City. Okay. okay. Uh, the foil and the judge foil are both 100 out of stock. So it's just every version's out of stock on Star City right now. Um, when I looked on eBay, that seems to be about the realm of what they're going for. Um, a single one's probably between $45, $50. Um, the judge foils were easily 130 right now on there but Mm -hmm. we we see this happen all the time a lot of it is hype um they will come back down a little bit i mean you know give it a week right uh at least ebay prices star city maybe not yeah um that being said it depends on how quickly you need them and you want them to play for modern anyway right right we should point out that both bitter blossom and wild nakatl are four ofs in the decks that they're going to be in right which is a big Um, deal yeah, and just overnight, like that, fairies became one of the most expensive modern decks, right? right. Because you need four Bitter Blossoms, presumably about two-ish Vendillion Clicks, right. four Mutavaults, you know, I mean, and the fetch lands, et cetera, et cetera, right. plus Cryptic Command. So these are very, very expensive cards, and it's an expensive investment. We don't know kind of the competitive level of the deck, but man, that's pretty nuts. And you also saw some interesting spikes with Wild Nicotle, right? Well, well, hang on here. Back with the fairies, we've seen Scion of Una. Um, which, what other ones? All the smaller fairies. Miss Bind Click? Yeah, all sold out. 
right? So those were obviously needed. Um, Vendorian Click's still in stock. That could be because Modern Masters gave us the reprint. You know, that's not a bad thing. Mm. Um, it's it's just interesting to see how many pieces of that deck just spiked up over the weekend. Right, right. And, you know, some people are saying that maybe there was some information that leaked because this is the one card that potentially could have gotten unbanned that right. you know, spiked. Maybe it's just people guessing really well. Who knows? You know, but something like <laughs> Ancestral Vision didn't spike at all. Right. And it, it is odd to me that a single one spikes and not not like four or five off the list spike. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. So Wild Nicotle, we saw a little bit of movement there too, right, with the price of Wild Nicotle? Well, it went sold out. Um, all versions, FNM promo foil, everything was sold out on Star City like quickly last night, like shortly after the announcement. I looked on eBay, and at the time, there was only like 12 listings of it. And there were some people on there asking really ridiculous prices, like almost $750 a piece for a non foil common. Um, the foils, people were asking, you know, maybe 10 ish a piece, up to 20 a piece, depending. And on the promos, people were wanting, you know, 8 to $10 a piece, which. Maybe not so weird on that, but um, whoever woke up this morning and noticed, they've all put them on eBay. There's, you know, 40-some-odd, 50-some-odd listings now. Things seem to be, you know, more around the $10 range for a playset, which isn't unheard of, right? Right. So if I could just mention this. Uh, Also, we didn't cover this in the pre-show talk, and I just had a premonition, so I looked it up. Uh, Deathrite Shaman um, banned. So Noble Hierarch right. is kind of the mana uh, creation, uh, mana dork, whatever you want me to call it. Uh, right now, sold out at 40. Right. Well, he makes sense, the too, because promo is sold is so out at cheap. 60. Right. Right. And so, I mean, these prices, the, the domino effect of you know banning cards is really interesting in terms of the finance. It's like a macroeconomics, microeconomics, whatever you want me to say, lesson. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's also very daunting for someone that wants to play the format, right? It's a little too unstable at times. Um, you know, I, you don't know if you're going to have the best deck and then tomorrow, poof, right? Right. Now, if you're Birthing Pod, like if you own the deck Birthing Pod, <laughs> how does that feel right now, right? <laughs> right. Everybody's happy, right? Yeah. You, you're <laughs> happy now, but then every banning time, it's going to be like, oh, oh, man. Right. <laughs> is this going to happen to me? This is why... Everybody should play Merfolk. I mean, that's the, <laughs> that's the answer, right? No, dude, Merfolk like it could it could win the next three Grand Prix, and nobody at Wizards would ever even dream <laughs> of doing anything to that deck, uh, right? So yeah. crazy. So we should reference our previous show, right? We did mention we all, or I should say, you know, Dustin and I specifically mentioned that we thought Wild Nicotle should. Come off, right? I specifically said I didn't think Bitter Blossom should come off, and we both thought Deathrite Shaman should not come off, right? Or not not become banned, right? And uh, yeah, well, thank you. And one uh, out of three, I right? Guess, yeah, well, we we're not one hundred percent with accuracy. Nobody ever said we would be. <laughs> um, ask me about, again in three shows, and I'll say we got it one hundred percent right. Right. For my preference, I still would have preferred Jace instead of Bitter Blossom. Because for the financial end, Jace still has... Now, granted, Jace would have gotten very expensive. Oh, but he would have there's been like all these different decks that Jace right? could have gone into. Bitter Blossom goes into such a narrow deck that all the cards in that deck were destined to get snatched up overnight. Whether right. the deck's any good or not. Right? And it just leads to this really kind of uh, fearful speculation. Now, while Nakata's a little bit 
you know, it's a common, the Decadson is going to have a lot of commons. So we're not going to see the same kind of domino effect, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about this in terms of competitive uh, modern as well, right? Not just finance. So decks, here's what I have. I just kind of went o- through the, the uh, metagame. And I pulled out some sweet note cards. I'm showing you guys in the webcam now. I have a list of decks that get better, decks that get worse. Okay. Okay? Nice. What do you want okay. first, Dustin? I want to know what's getting better. Decks Optimist. that get better. Deck number one that gets better. Ready for this? This is Earth-shattering is, is, analysis. Is it fairies? Zoo. Okay. Yet, we still don't have Punishing Fire back, right? Right. And, and by the way, we don't know what flavor Zoo is going to take on. But last time Zoo was in Modern, we didn't have Burning Tree Emissary. Right. So I'm willing to bet it's going to be a very, like, Kurt Ape, Burning Tree Emissary, Tarmogoyf. A very green-red, just light white. You might have Loam Line in that deck, right? Right. Um, junk gets better, right? Okay. Uh, obviously, Fairies does. Fairies was barely existing in the format at yeah. this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, but a few things that uh, people might not uh, talk about, and I haven't seen a lot of you know chatter about it. You're going to play Bitter Blossom in black white tokens as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it's probably better than Raise the Alarm in that deck. It creates a lot of problems, right? Um, Merfolk Cameron, you'll be happy to hear this. It gets a lot better. Mm, yeah, because <laughs> uh, it has an actual really good matchup against fairies. So yay! <laughs> there we go. Good for you, right? Yay! Yeah, I'll take it. And lastly, Snapcaster Mage Control gets a lot better, right? Because you don't have to worry about Deathrite Shaman eating whatever it is that you're Snapcasting. That's true. Right. Right? So I think Control decks actually get a huge benefit out of this. Hmm. Decks that get worse. Again, Earth-shattering analysis. You ready? Jund? Jund. Gets a lot worse. (laughs) I had to write this down, guys, so I won't forget to say it. It's all good. It's all good. Um, So, look, here's the thing. They have really ripped apart Jund. And I don't think it's a deck now. So Bloodbraid Elf was kind of the engine. If that's the case, then Deathrite Shaman was kind of the transmission for that deck, right? Right. And allowed you to kind of kick into that next step of the deck, right? To go to your endgame. Without that card, Jund is murderously slow. It's already pretty slow, right? Hmm. Right. And now, like, you know, a bunch of these modern decks are turn four, turn five decks, Dustin, I know Liliana the Veil's dropped a little bit. Like, let's say I was a person that owned Jund. Mm-hmm. Should I just sell those pieces? Like, what should I do? I mean, it really depends on... Like, if I have on... Dark Confidence, this kind of thing? I don't know, man. It, it's a tough call. I mean, <laughs> if you're going to play casually, keep them. You know, throw what you want into cubes and EDH. But, I don't know. Is, is Dark Confidant used in any other decks? Not currently. Okay. So, hmm. he could end up, like... I can't say plummeting because he is Dark Confidant, right? Right, right. He's still a very, 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 very good creature. Not to mention iconic. So he might just sit right right where he is. And he'll just, you know, sit in your binder for a while until something else comes out and then Jun comes back up. Right, I just, man. Like, if, if you put Birds of Paradise in that spot, the deck is actually kind of bad, right? Right. And you might say maybe then you should play Bant, right? Because you could do a lot of the things, similar type of things. You wouldn't be as disruptive, but you would have counterspells if you put together Bant. Mm-hmm. Right? Then you could play Noble Hierarch and Geist to St. Draft and these kinds of things. So that might be a deck we see. Um, Bug, which was a Deathrite Shaman control deck, is terrible now. Right. Terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the more interesting one. So Tron, 
gets, I think, a lot worse. Why is this? Because misbind click is now going to be played heavily in the format. Cameron, have you ever heard of misbind click? No, if you got to give it to me, I don't know. It's that one. evil. <laughs> I'm about to read this to you, or I'll give you what it does, <laughs> and you won't believe it. The, by the so way, by is, the way, this is the card that crushed my dreams at GP uh, Lincoln. When we went okay, to that yeah. modern GP, I was doing really good, and then that turned the tides, and it was just all downhill from there. Really, all misbind click does is crush your soul. It, it does. <laughs> okay, so here's what it says. It's a three-color list and a blue. So that's four converted mana costs, okay? For a four mana, so it's four mana, four, four, flash, flying creature. Nice. <laughs> okay. So dirty. When it comes into play... You have to take another fairy card and basically exile it that you control. It's called championing, right? Mm-hmm. But whenever that happens, you get to tap all the lands your opponent controls. Oh, my gosh. All of them. All of them. And, and since it's got I'm flash, they up. do it during your upkeep, right? Right. That's awesome. No, yeah. it's evil. So, <laughs> so well, here's the problem. Yeah. In the previous version of fairies, you would say, okay, I'm going to put a different fairy creature exile it whenever my misblind click hits, and they could say, you know what, in response to that trigger, I'm going to bolt your fairy, your Vendillion click. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? And then the, the misblind click dies, and you basically paid four mana to do nothing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, uh, Bitter Blossom's in the format. So instead, you can champion the Bitter Blossom. Whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you, because Bitter Blossom is a fairy enchantment. So you exile the Bitter Blossom, they can't bolt anything in response. They have to have an enchantment removal spell. Spoiler, they don't, <laughs> right? And they have to tap everything. So if you're a Tron player, that nukes your turn, and your opponent has a 4-4 flying creature. Right. Right? And if they have any way to recur it, you're, you're done. The game's over, right? So that is kind of the hidden thing. So the other things that are gotten a lot worse, affinity is now much worse. Because they have Bitter Blossom, which creates 1-1 one, one flying tokens. Guess what blocks every single artifact creature you have? <laughs> right? They don't have anything don't in resolve an with Trample? No. Okay. And almost everything has one toughness. They have to go over the top with a Steel Overseer or play an Etch Champion. But keep in mind, your fairies, Etch Champion's a 3-drop. So if they counter the Etch Champion, you literally have no way of getting through their stuff. Right. Right? Get those Whip Flares, children, if you're playing Affinity. That's my... That's my suggestion to you. Lastly, Storm. Storm has a terrible matchup against fairies, right? So, yay. There goes Storm. That's my talk on Modern. Gentlemen, any other thoughts on the format? Cameron, do you still hate Modern? Do you still think it's not friendly to you? Well, you know, I'm actually really bummed that Deathrite's going away. It was just, I think we talked about this on the last show, but there's so many things that you can do to get rid of a Deathrite Shaman. It's not Mm -hmm. like Aetherling where it's really hard to remove it from the game. Um, so I'm kind of bummed just because I have played against that card and I really do respect that card. And, uh, it's kind of sad to see that one go. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what people are going to do with, with fairies though. I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to play against that. I think it'll be a tier 1.5 deck. I okay. think it'll be like, if you don't resolve your bitter blossom, you're kind of going to lose pretty hard <laughs> because the rest of the deck is pretty mediocre otherwise. Um, yeah, Dustin, we, we, are you bummed equally about the Deathrite Shaman thing? I, I am definitely on the value side of it. Um, mm-hmm. 
Sure. It's already dropped three dollars on Star City. I expect it to go even lower than that. That being said, um, it is very legacy playable. It can come back a bit. I doubt it'll get as high as it has been in the past. Um, Playability-wise, I still don't think it was that damaging of a card in the format. That's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, but curiosity, man, it's just I want to know how many people out there were playing Jund and they're you know a lot of people got mad when Bloodbraid Elf left. How many people are just swearing off Magic right now because they have no Deathrite Shaman? Yeah, right. Well, and it's weird because Jund is an expensive deck, right? Right. And they've been attacking it and attacking it, but they've never attacked the expensive pieces. Right. Right? Like, if you take Tarmogoyf out of that deck, it's really bad. Right. right? Or Dark Confidant. Or Dark Confidant. So I don't know exactly what the logic is. Um, you know, and again, with the Birthing Pod, it's really difficult for me to understand why that's allowed. Green Sun Zenith is not. Right. You know, even something like... You know, like Mutavolt. I mean, like, it seems every deck in the world is using that right now. You know, why not just ban that? <laughs> Dude, and, and the the big problem they have is, so whenever you had Deathrite Shaman in the format, if anyone were to come up and ask me, right, or what I'm going to look to bring to a tournament, I want to play a deck that has Lightning Bolts. Right. I think Lightning Bolt is definitely the best card in the format. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, okay, Deathrite Shaman's gone. I guess Lightning Bolt's not the best card in the format. And then they're like, unban Wild Nakata. And it's like, oh, wait, nope, Lightning Bolt. (laughs) Still the best card in the format. So (laughs) I I am really surprised that it was Deathrite instead of Birthing Pod. I so thought it was going to be Birthing Pod. Yeah. I just. Yeah. And here's the the problem what I think will happen. You know, if Birthing Pod were to ever go away is if they unban Wild Nakatl and still no aggro decks are being played. Right. Because Birthing Pod just destroys a mid-range aggro deck. You can do nothing about it, right? And I, I mentioned this at the shop the other day, and somebody's like, no, you just play an aggro, or you play some artifact removal spells, and it's like, okay, well, you do know the rest of the Birthing Pod deck is creatures, right? <laughs> right. So you, you can end up with a scenario where they don't draw a Birthing Pod, and you draw your artifact removal spells. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? just use something I'm never going to use. <laughs> and they put so much garbage on the ground that if I'm playing against a Birthing Pod deck, I want to play Delver Secrets, right? I want to fly over their dudes and kill them that way. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't want to have Wild Nakatles and this kind of thing. So Birthing Pod's got a mark on its back, but maybe the format gets too fast where that is just not good. Right? We'll see. Maybe it'll come back like yeah. Wild Nakatle did in a year. Uh, and also, you know, we didn't talk much about the variations of Zoo. Boom Bus might come back. That was a deck in the very early stages of Modern. That was so fun. And that seems like a card that could really make an impact going forward, right? I agree. So, Cameron, are you ready to become a Spike? <laughs> yes. Every week, we give Cameron a card, an older format card... And, uh, you know, just to be apropos, we're giving him a modern card this week, and we ask him to evaluate it, see what he thinks. So, Cameron, what card did I give you today? We got uh, Pyromancer Ascension. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I gave you this card approximately 10 seconds ago, right? Yeah, I mean, you, I don't know if you heard the click, but yes, yes, you just <laughs> said that. So, Pyromancer Ascension is a one and a red. It's an enchantment. And whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell that has the same name as a card in your graveyard, you may put a quest counter on Pyromancer Ascension. 
Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell while Pyromancer Ascension has two or more quest counters on it, you may copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. So you're getting a free removal spell, or, you know, a spell, not a removal spell, but, I mean, so Lightning Bolt, right? Mm -hmm. You play a Lightning Bolt, all of a sudden you can pretty much get a free Lightning Bolt the next turn that you were to cast an instant or sorcery spell with the quest counters on it. Okay, what kind of deck would you want to play this in? Um, Probably <clears throat> some sort of like blue-red deck. That is one use, okay. yes. Right? Yeah, so like a Snapcaster Mage deck. Dustin, help him out, buddy. I remember, no? so first off, there's Storm. Uh, secondly, oh, Storm. there was a, a deck right. that was using this that had... Um, What's that really bad mythic card? Like that plays like time spiral. Is it time reversal? Uh, are you talking about time warp? Something. Some. And they were taking multiple turns over and over. Right. Right. I think that's time warp. Yeah. Play, yeah. Time warp. I, I remember seeing that deck for a while. It was doing really badly. But yes, <laughs> if it actually goes off, then it wins. But it's like a one in like twenty chance, right? That was like I think Alara block and Zendikar block standard. So that was a while ago. But yeah. So th this is though the 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 main mechanic in in your storm deck, right? I mean, I remember playing this and this is I think is what sets you off, right? Um it's either this or a card called Past in Flames which gives all the c cards in your graveyard um flashback. Mm -hmm. Okay. But Pyromancer's Ascension, a few things to point out. It's also on casting, so it doesn't matter if they counter the spell. So if you have an active Ascension, uh, they can have all the counter spells in the world, and it doesn't matter. Right, because they'll still Which, get one you spell. Know, uh, yeah, you only get one spell, but it's still a spell. You know, One of my opponents who was playing Blue-White-Red Control at Grand Prix Kansas City figured this out when it was too late. Um, <laughs> you know, And the other thing is, uh, you'd be amazed at how often people misplay around this card because the card just has to be in your graveyard when you cast it for it to trigger. Right. So they can't nuke your graveyard in response. Hmm. Um, but yeah, the other thing is, whenever you create the copy, the copy actually resolves before the spell you cast, once you have two counters on it. So in case somebody, and again, this has happened to me, <laughs> a guy was like, oh, which spell is going to happen first? And he was getting ready to call a judge when he was losing to me to try and get me to like misexplain it. People huh. these days, right? People these days. I just don't understand that. I mean, it's a freaking game, okay? If, if somebody <laughs> obviously cheats, call them out on it. Uh, there's a lot of newer players out there. It's like, explain them, explain to them. It's like, you know, it's going to go this way. It's going to do this way. But don't try to catch somebody in a loophole. That's just dirty. Yeah, and also, by the way, it, there's two copies of the spell, right? The end. It doesn't matter. the or Like, come on, mm -hmm. right? Now, granted, I was able to answer the guy's question, but whatever, mm -hmm. dirtbag. Um, and I won. Justice was served. That's right. It was. All right, so random housekeeping items, right? Uh, number one, Dustin. I'm, I'm a housekeeping item? <laughs> yes. Do yes. I get paid? Am I like a maid? No. Oh. Tell you what, you're going to get paid for this episode while I get paid for this episode. Deal? Um, um, <laughs> not even going there. There's so many things I can say. It would just be, like, incredibly rude. <laughs> Moving on. Right, so Dustin, <laughs> you don't believe in Twitter. Well, I, I I believe it exists, <laughs> but you like to stay unaffiliated. There we go. Right, 
Cameron, if you if you uh, get requests for Dustin on your Twitter, you're more than happy to answer them for Dustin. <laughs> oh aren't you? yeah, I will answer for Dustin. I, I believe I, I that hope I you have answer things as crassly as I would. You, no, I don't. In fact, I need to be more crass. Okay, definitely. Yeah. That that's the thing that our listeners don't know, Dustin, is how much of a muzzle is on you throughout this episode. <laughs> right, episodes. right. Like after after every time he gets done talking, he has a washcloth that he bites it down <laughs> on. It's uh, very traumatic for him. Cameron, if someone wants to get a hold of you, where can they go? They can go at Cameron underscore McCoy on Twitter. And uh, on Reddit, you are part of the Suntail Hawk fan club. Um, <laughs> club of one. Does that exist? Club of one. <laughs> I have no idea. I am at Curtis now. Uh, you can find us over at Brainstorm Brewer. We got posted there. Great guys. They have a great site and a great podcast. Check us out there. We're also on MTG Cast and iTunes. I do want to say, guys, we have been overwhelmed with contact from the listeners. So thank you so much for the feedback and thank yeah, you man. so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And we will check you guys next week. <laughs>